0: And bonjour, all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, June 29th. Holy cats. So, June, sorry, September 29th. I was looking at something there. And uh, so, hey, October's on its way, and I don't like hearing about all this snow. <laughs> I still have not got my cactus into the garage. I'm hoping we get a few dry days, one of my... Grow lights is shot, but this is always the way it is in fall, isn't it? So, um, but hey, it sounds like some good weather's coming next week. So, I'm gonna take my two puppies and uh, take them to the dog parks on Whidbey Island. They love those. Peter, first time in my brand new car, Cross Trek Subaru, because I ruined my uh, Mini Cooper. But uh, that's the way life goes. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, uh, first thing I wanna say is that uh say hi to everyone I saw this week. I didn't give any talks ring, but I was on new day and uh on new day uh, you can you can um go to new day on king dot com put in Cisco and you can get the uh different shows I do on there the segments on that great show and uh so what I showed. Was how to do a spring bulb container that lasts for really a long time. So I got this from an article Nita Joe Roundtree wrote in the uh, Bellevue Botanical Garden. And she got the idea from Richie Steffens, the manager of the Miller Garden. And uh, so, uh, but she wrote it up in the Bellevue Botanical Garden. But here's what you do if you want to know about this, and it's really, really fun too. And that is that uh, you, you get a pretty deep pot. So I used a plastic pot that I got at City Peoples, uh, City People's on uh, Sandpoint Way. So it's pretty deep and they're not too expensive and they're light. And you fill that with uh, just put in about enough potted soil so that the first uh, bulbs you plant are going to be 12 inches deep. So, I got tulips. Now, I got late season tulips. so he's gonna be the last to bloom, but they're gonna be the lowest in the pot. okay, Does that make sense? <laughs> so, I put those in twelve inches deep before I did that, I mixed in some good uh bulb food and I mixed organic bulb food, and I mixed in some uh bone meal. Now, I cheated on the bulb food. I just bought a good organic all purpose Fertilizer, it works just as good if you put in bone meal because that's going to make the roots grow like crazy. Okay, so I mix that in. Then I put my first bulbs. These will be the last to bloom, and they're the tallest ones. They grow about, I think they grow 20 inches tall. Uh, Those were in 12 inches deep. Then I put about 5 inches or 6 inches of soil in there, and I put uh, some other tulips that grow about uh, 12 inches tall, 12 to 16 inches tall, and they're going to go, and I add a little more bone meal, a little more fertilizer, and those go in, so they're 5 inches above the ones that are going to grow 20 inches tall and bloom last, and these are mid-season tulips, okay? So I put those in there, then I fill it just about to the top, and what I use, you could use another tulip that stays short and blooms uh, real early in the season, but I used a really gorgeous crocus. All of the colors match. So the crocus are going to bloom in early spring because that's almost when all crocus bloom. And uh, these are like a bright orange with streaking in them. Oh, la, la, they're so beautiful you can't believe it. So they'll come up and bloom. Then, as they're just starting to fade, the first tulips, which are a streaked red-orange tulip, will come through there. And they'll probably start blooming uh, before the little crocus stop blooming in there. And then, finally, a little later on, the tallest and and latest blooming tulips come up. So you get a really long display. You get a little bit of uh, overlap. And it's just a spectacular way to do tulips, so I can't wait to see it happen. So unfortunately, driving home from the TV studio, <laughs> wouldn't you know, the the whole container tipped over and all the tulips got all mixed up and everything. So I planted them out in the garden, but I did it the same way with the taller ones at the bottom, then the middle Middle season, one's up a little higher, and the crocus on top. And it's going to be just as beautiful growing in my garden. It's a miracle I actually found a spot where I could put them. But <laughs> hey, I also, uh, let's see. I, oh, I want to just let you know that I had, because uh, this is really big to me. So I had a marketing uh, meeting with the people from Sasquatch Penguin Random House Books cuz uh, Sasquatch uh, is is a division of uh Penguin Random House now and uh, so we're talking about how we're going to market uh my new book that's coming out January 21st I'm so excited so uh it's kind of, it's short stories about gardening and it's called Oh la la Homegrown Stories Tips and Garden Wisdom so uh but you'll just see Oh La La with a really handsome guy on the cover. And on the back, there's a picture of uh, Izzy and Leo. So I'm very excited about that. So um, so gonna we're figuring out how many book signings, where to do them, all kinds of fun things like that. So, uh, so anyway, January 21st, my new book comes out. And um, I hope millions of people buy it. And I... I love doing uh, book signings, and a lot of times after my talk, I do book signings, too. So I uh, I think uh, that book will be around. People will be seeing it a lot, so that's exciting. And then Thursday, I was on King 5 on the morning news. That's always so fun. So I was on a team with a team of uh, dog trainers and vets. So, I was with uh, Jason Nichols. He's a very famous vet in the area. And Kathy Madsen, a certified dog trainer. And so, and what I was talking about is, uh, you know, the danger of mushrooms in your garden. And I don't know if you know, I always thought that dogs would leave mushrooms alone, I thought it was instinctual. Well, uh, just a few years ago, I can't remember, a couple years ago, maybe only maybe four, I got an email from someone, it was so sad and their two pugs had eaten mushrooms and they both died. And she said, you know, you gotta get the word out about this. So uh so we got the word out about that and what I recommend is pick 'em. If you got mushrooms in your garden, just go ahead and pick 'em. And uh if you do that, you don't have to worry about it. But I'm gonna talk more about that if I don't get a call because uh right away because I got an email about that from somebody who saw that show and had a question about it but hey, right now we're gonna take a break before I do though I want to give you the numbers one triple eight nine seven three cairo one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six and uh I hope you'll give me a call. We'll talk serious gardening. There's plenty of gardening time left this fall. So right back on 97.3 Cairo FM.
1: You're listening to Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends.
0: Okay, hey, let's go to those phones. Patricia and Redmond. Hey, are you staying warm over there?
2: Yes, it's not too bad. I was just outside moving a bunch of pots into the greenhouse and had to take off my sweat jack.
0: Hey, so, all right. that's. I, was, I like hearing that.
2: <laughs> I saw you on New Day, and your haircut is wonderful. You look very handsome.
0: Oh, thanks a lot. You know, it's funny. I got the picture for the cover of my new book the day before I got the haircut, and after I got the haircut, oh. everybody said, you look 20 years younger. <laughs> yes. I should have done that a day earlier.
2: Yes, you should have. Okay, here's my questions. I have a Honeycrisp for many years. I don't know, five, six, seven I uh, lose track of time. In the middle of my front yard, always get apples. Last year, 200. This wow. year, zero. Oh. And 20 feet away, across the driveway, I have a shameless apple tree. I got about 500. I only put footies on about 300, but wow. they don't work anymore either. So there's there's a couple of the questions. The other one is I have a new honey crisp. Well, it's probably a year old in a very very large pot, cuz I haven't found a place yet to plant it, I'm running out of room all the time like you. <laughs> and about a month ago, all of the leaves started getting brownish purple spots like freckles and then they all turn then it took over. So, is there something
0: wrong with it? I don't know. That's a good question. I, uh, I'm not yeah. sure about the spots on that. It could have something to do with being in the pot for too long.
2: I thought of that. I, yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: So, but, so uh, what about the... Um,
2: not, no no apples. This, this year was weird?
0: Well, no. You know, I mean, I have so many... I have a Spartan apple tree, and I get Mary's off hiking in England. I I can't eat them fast enough, you know. <laughs> oh my god, there's a million and they're so flavorful because we've had some cold nights, you know.
2: Yes. But uh
0: and well, that's it seems
2: kind of strange not to get any honeycrisp really and weird. 20 feet away get so many Chehalis apples.
0: It's it's that, Now, did you do you do you remember did it have lots of flowers like usual?
2: No, not as many.
0: Yeah, all right. There's there's two things going on here. One mm-hmm. is uh your tree overproduced last year. By That's producing true. so many apples, it wiped itself out. It lost a lot of times trees will do that. Apple trees, they produce so heavy that they just get so weak from it they gotta they need some time to recover and they hardly produce the next year. And well, so, you, you to, it, so, you need to, you got to thin them. You got to thin those yeah, apples. Yeah. I know. Yeah, and I know. then
2: it started growing. It's got, it's it's a dwarf. I thought it was a semi, but it's not, never gotten bigger than six, seven feet tall. Oh, that's and nice. then it started branching out and lots of new leaves. Right. Prune it in August. So, I did.
0: Okay, good. Okay, yeah.
2: so why don't the footies work anymore?
0: Well, hey, just one last thing. It's not only because of uh, the uh, overproducing the year before, yeah. uh, you're not getting pollination either, I don't think. So there must right. not well. be an apple, or maybe someone cut down an apple tree that cross pollinated with yours, or the bees just didn't fly when the honeycrisp bloomed. Could right, be too I cold. Anything. Too. So, so yeah. I if you if you really want to make sure you get a lot of fruit, mason bees are so good. Oh, I
2: have I have two or three of those bee blocks. Oh. Yes.
0: Okay. I well. get
2: I get tons of bees in the backyard. That happens to be in the front yard, but I do get tons of bees. So. Okay. Yeah, got lots of tomatoes right. this year. Cherry. Cherry tomatoes, because we have a chance of them making it. Okay, so why don't the footies
0: work anymore? The reason the footies don't work, it's because coddling moth, so there's two pests. There's apple maggot, and the footies work pretty good against apple maggot, but they don't work against the coddling moth, and that's the caterpillar that bores right into the middle of the apple and then back out. It eats the core. That, that, that. When the apples grow, and they're tight against uh, the the footies tight against the apple, the coddling moth can bore right through it. And uh, they, yeah,
2: there were lots of holes.
0: Yeah. So here's
2: what do you, what do I do?
0: Okay, I wrote an article about this in the Seattle Times, so I think you'll be able to find that if you get on your computer oh, yeah. and search for it. But what yeah, uh, what works and anyway. and we did it at our house this year and I, that's why I'm eating these great apples because all the ones we didn't cover are full of worms. What we use yeah. and I hate to recommend this, but we use plastic sandwich bags.
2: So, oh yeah, I saw
0: that. I read that article. That? I decided that
2: was too much work.
0: <laughs> but you know what? It but works. It worked, huh? Yeah, and so you got to okay, use the maybe. kind you know, not the zip top, but the kind that just kind of goes. Together, you know, yeah.
2: and then staple it shut.
0: Yeah, we didn't staple ours; we just shut them right up to the as close to the apple as we could. And nothing seemed to get through. And you got to remember to cut the corners far enough off the plastic bag to make sure all the water gets out. Because oh, on a okay. few of them, we didn't we didn't cut them well enough, and the water uh-huh. stayed in, and that was the end of the apple. That's a yucky mess when that happens. So. so-
2: are they thin plastic bags that are the foldovers, or are they thicker ones?
0: They're just the kind you buy for sandwiches, but the, okay. the locking kind, but not zip locking.
2: Right.
0: Okay. Yeah, and Did they work.
2: Tie them with a tie tie then.
0: No, no, you don't. Nope. All, all you do is you just lock the lock on the top right up to the to the little um, stem of the apple. Okay. Yep, and it, I'll that. tell you, it worked so well at my house this year. Now, there's one other thing people are doing, I should tell you, and there, there's a big thing about it in my new book, so you can read about that in January. <laughs> but um, I,
2: I heard you talking about it. I'm going to ask my kids for it for Christmas. All right, well, it
0: won't come out until uh, January, but... Uh, <laughs> I
2: know, they can pre-order it.
0: Oh, <laughs> great, I think they will be able to. So... Uh, yeah. So people are putting uh, now. This is a bit of work. They're putting uh, giant nets over their trees. Have Have you, you driven know, Have you driven to Eastern Washington uh, at all this summer? No. If you do, you're going to see whole apple orchards covered with giant nets. You can't believe it. Is that- yeah. And it well, was originally.
2: I, I bought one last- huh? I bought a giant net last year to put on the Honeycrisp, but I didn't. It's, uh, the halos is too big. But yeah. um, I didn't put it on there because there weren't any apples.
0: Yeah, well, you're so probably lucky that you mix. didn't. It would have been a pain in a kazutski for nothing. But next year, yeah. I bet you're going to get a lot of apples. Now, you, of course, you can't put it on till after the, all the pollination happens and everything. Right. But then right. when you stick that on there... You know, and you want to put some. You know, you want to put some bamboo with tennis balls so that you can kind of hold it up over the tree. And some some sprouts will right. grow through it, but that's no big deal. It works a hundred percent. It's really great. And uh, if you can get a helper to put that on, you're done for the summer. So,
2: well, that sounds fine. I will try that great. and on a different apple tree. I'll try plastic bags and whatever works. Great. Great. And- just to tell you, I'm the one that grew the tuberose and oh, put it yeah. in my greenhouse. Uh, it was sitting in the big pot outside in the sun, and lo and behold, the same two. They said, we've done this before, and they grew, and they started to flower. Woo-hoo. And not until it got cold did I put it in the greenhouse, so I got oh. two more tuberose. Cool
0: yeah, as can smell. be. Well, listen, one last thing. I got to run, but one last thing is... Don't forget, you can still make an apple pie out of apples that have apple making in them. So just don't tell your company when they come. (laughs) Hey, Patricia, thanks so much. Bye. Okay, right back after the news on 97.3 Cairo FM. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new
1: Cairo Radio Weekends.
0: Yeah, welcome to the second half of the show. Hey, just a reminder, uh, Saturday, October 5th, I'll be seeing all you folks at the sold-out Plant Amnesty Tree Hugger Bingo. That is so fun. And Sunday, October 20th, I hope I'll be seeing lots of you at uh, Chihuly Garden and Glass. So uh, get those tickets for that. Hey, let's go to Edmonds now. We'll talk to Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, how are you, Cisco? Hey, just doing fantastic. How about you?
3: Well, it's a beautiful day, and it's where I'm kind of confused and why I'm calling. Okay. I uh, In 2018, in May... I was in Victor, Idaho and I drove by this beautiful home on a backcountry road. Probably one of the most beautiful gardens I've ever seen in my life, except uh, Bouchard Gardens, of course. <laughs> but I got out of my car and I started taking pictures and to make a long story short, the lady came out and she was 80 some years old and we got to be talking and she said, well, would you like some of these uh, seeds from my lupin garden? I said, of course. Well, came this spring and uh, it was like early june i decided maybe i should put those out then somebody said no 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 it's too late to do that you'll you won't get survival rate now they they won't even get up before it turns fall again so then I started looking online, and of course, I've seen everything from September all the way through February and March um that you should put them in and I just don't know about Pacific Northwest what's the best time to plant lupin seeds?
0: Well, first of all, I got to say that woman sounds so cool over in Idaho to come out and talk to you, give you some seeds that's That's why gardeners are the coolest people on earth. I do say so humbly, of course. So <laughs> you're so yeah. lucky, Chris, because you called exactly at the right time. Right now yeah, is when you want to plant those. I didn't those. know if it was
3: going to be now or next early spring.
0: Yeah, no, er- early spring might work, but you're much, much better off planting them in the fall because they have to have the livin tweedle pounded out of them by mama nature in order for that seed cover to crack and let them germinate. And so the best thing you could do is sprinkle them out in the garden, maybe gently step on them with your foot so they're little just in the soil. you know That's about all you have to do. And uh, just try and find sunny spots, you know where, where the soil is you know not packed down or anything like that. And uh, most of the time they'll grow beautifully.
3: Well, that's great to hear. I'm planning on actually putting a kind of like a layer of topsoil down over the soil that's pretty packed in the area, but I will break that up as much as I can, but I think I'd be better with maybe a little more fertilized, a little more um, nutrients in the soil, I guess, before I do this.
0: Well, I'm not sure. I'll tell you what, I, if these were mine, because think about uh-huh. the lupin that you see up in the mountains, because they're everywhere uh-huh. here, and... Uh, Now, if they're the huge lupins that get really big, then, yeah, I'd add some fertilizer. Hers
3: are really tall. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, it can't hurt. But I don't know if I'd add the topsoil. If it were me, I'd I'd break up the soil really well where you're going to plant them, smooth it out really well, then sprinkle those seeds and step them into that a little bit. And that's going to work better than anything you can do. I'm a little worried about one thing, though, Chris. And that is okay. that uh, you've had that seed for a while. I hope that you, you know, maybe kept it in a fridge in a dark container or something like that. Because uh, I don't know how long lupin seed lasts, you know. Uh, some seed lasts a long time. Some last like one season and you got to get new ones or they won't germinate again.
3: Well, he's been in a closet in a cottage cheese carton in the back of the closet. So We're it was good. kind of a cool, not anywhere near the warmth of well, the you house, did, of course.
0: You've you done good. Kind
3: of just kept them back <laughs> in the corner in the dark,
0: kind of. Thing. Good. You did a good job. So uh, I'm hoping they'll all be good. You'll find out. But I'm willing to bet quite Very a few of philosophy. them will yeah, journey. Turn out next spring, I'll send you some pictures. Hey, do that for sure. I'd love to see that. And good luck. And, boy, I'll tell you, by Bye, yourself.
3: thanks you for the advice.
0: Okay, buy a hard hat, too, because if all those come up, you and they all bloom, and usually they bloom the first year, then uh, you're going to have so many hummingbirds zooming around, you're going to actually have to wear a hard hat every time you walk anywhere near where you planted all those.
3: Okay. Well, that's good to hear, because I do have a hummingbird feeder, so great. I love that.
0: All right. Hey, Chris, thanks. That was a great question.
3: Have a great afternoon.
0: All right. Bye. Okay, hey, listen, we have all open lines. I hope somebody will give me a call, one Cairo 973 one 5476 But I have some emails, so uh, I'll go to one of those before we take a break. So, um, so John sent me an email, and he said, I saw you on the King 5 News Thursday morning, and uh, you were talking about mushrooms in the garden. I was also talking about slugs and things, which I got a call. I got an email about that from that show, too. But uh, so the interesting thing was that uh, he said, he sent me a picture, his back lawn, where he puts his dogs out. I think he's got uh, two uh, kind of smallish dogs. They look like they're mutts. And uh, it's just full. Of mushrooms, and he said, "I can't. How can I pick all those?" What well, that is a very interesting question. So i I didn't have a chance to ask a, a John or anything, but I suspect he has a new lawn. It could be. So if you put in a new lawn and you add uh, what we call topsoil, which is usually manufactured. So you bring in some topsoil and put it on top so you can grow this lawn on your maybe not such great soil or whatever. They The people that sell that stuff, not all of them, but a lot of uh, topsoil companies, most of them, uh, grind up wood as the organic part of the soil because soil needs about a third organic in it to be quality soil. So there's nothing wrong with doing that. But what ha- it breaks down to become humus, but what breaks it down usually are mushrooms. So you get all these mushrooms in a new lawn like that that's got wood in the soil, and they're breaking that down. That can take three or more years of every fall just billions of mushrooms out there. Now, uh, I don't know which mushrooms are safe for dogs and which are dangerous, So if it were me and I had that situation, or, hey, by the way, otherwise you may have mushrooms breaking down heavy thatch in your lawn. This is a time of year you could have someone come out, dethatch your lawn, and then aerate and overseed, and that might help get rid of some. That'll get rid of mushrooms for this year for sure. So either way, I would go out there with my dogs, and I'd watch them so careful quite a few times. If the dogs, you start paying any attention to those mushrooms, chances are you're okay. The pugs that ate mushrooms and died, the mushrooms they ate smelled like meat. But uh, you don't want your dog eating mushrooms ever. So keep an eye out. And uh, if they're eating them, then I'd have somebody come in and dethatch the lawn. But you will have to do it every year for a couple of years uh, until those mushrooms start. Stop coming up, or oh, la la. All right, we have time to go to the phones. Uh, let's go to Diana in Renton. Hi, Diana. Thanks for calling.
1: Oh, hi, Cisco. How are you today?
0: Oh, fantastic. Thanks.
1: Good. Well, I have a tale of a chipmunk, a squirrel, and a walnut tree.
0: <laughs> Sounds interesting.
1: <laughs> the you know, the tree had walnut husk flies.
4: Oh,
1: the worms on it, and so they're really mushy. And you know, when you go to try to get the skin off, yeah. That- so now, does that happen periodically? I have ball worms also, and I had called you, and a specialist on trees told me what it is.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, I'll tell you that it, that uh, walnut husk fly—that uh-huh. is—it's really hard to get rid of once you get it, and it's oh, not. Oh gosh! You may have gosh. it every year.
1: Oh gosh! Well, here's the deal: uh, they clear cut it across the street, and so the squirrels have found the walnuts. For one thing,
2: oh
1: and I have this um, chipmunk. I call him Ivan the Terrible. <laughs> he chases all the squirrels away from the walnuts.
0: Wow! And then claims yeah, them all for is, himself.
1: He is aggressive. Oh, they, can, they, So that's what. But so the walnut husk fly—it's really hard to get rid of. Yeah,
0: thing. you know, um, I would do a search on that on the computer. And see okay. what, like, uh, WSU says to do about that. Because, to be honest, I'm hey, not sure. All right.
1: That, Th- thank you. Yeah. But, and oh,
0: there may be a spray or something for that. But uh, if there is, it would have to be timed exactly perfect. So uh, that, check that out. And when I go home today, I'm going to check that out, too. And... I. Uh, I'll probably tell everybody listening about that next week when I start the show.
1: All right, that sounds good. But it's such a big tree, it would be hard to,
0: yeah,
1: you know, apply something
0: to it. Well, you know, you know the worst thing about this? This is going to make that chipmunk of yours really mad. He's going to be grouchy as can be because <laughs> he's not going <laughs> to like those walnuts either. So watch out for Ivan you. the Horrible. Yes. <laughs> hey, Diana, so, thanks I for your know. call. I appreciate it. Good luck. I wish I had better advice, but maybe next week you'll hear me say something better. Okay. Be All right. See you later. All right. Hey, Mark, when we come back in Seattle, we'll talk to you on 97.3 Cairo FM. This is gardening
1: with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends, brought to you by PacificTopSoil.com dot and Molebacks in Woodenville. Ooh la la! Here's Cisco.
0: Hey, let's welcome Mark into the show right here. Hey, Mark, what you got going on?
4: Uh hi, Cisco. Howdy. Hey,
0: I, as well as yeah,
4: hi. Um, I, as well as a lot of the listeners, have had trouble with rats this year. Oh yeah, and I. Uh, They're smart, so I've been trying to figure out a smarter way to trap them without killing the birds that come to get the bait. Yeah. And so initially, and I have mine uh, uh, bird feeder, just a plate on top of a uh, tomato cage, which I take away in the evening so the rats don't come and get the bird food.
0: They may be getting some that falls on falls on the ground below there i've been
4: looking that really doesn't happen but what okay. i've been doing is um you know they have the new uh, mouse trap that is a spring-loaded thing that will snap down um whenever they touch the uh bait
0: oh that's like, that kind. sounds good
4: yeah the old kind you could break your own fingers it was hard to load i know this new kind that's avail- commonly available at most uh I'm um, like uh, right or I'm sorry, like uh, McClennan 's or Home Depot wherever lowe 's uh, they're uh, commonly available now, and you don't have to worry about snapping your fingers at all they've figured it out. Oh, does that's, that so sound good
0: Because I still use the old kind, and the no, rats no, are so it. darn smart they they, yeah, they fire are. it, okay. and then they eat the bait. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
4: but when they're young, they're not smart enough. I killed five of them at once when they were young in the early summer. Jeez. They weren't smart enough, and I went fought, got five of them straight off. Yeah, but you know what? So, I,
0: I, an expert told me the rats send out the young guys, and if they see them get hit, they go, okay, I'm not going to do what that guy did. And they So you can catch the young ones, but getting those old guys, that's a different story, you know? I've,
4: you know, I found the old ones every year dead on my lawn because they're looking for water when it gets real hot. So a lot of the old ones get killed off uh, from the heat wave, and they can't find any water.
0: Yeah, so that doesn't work in done. my house with three fountains. Okay. So. Here's,
4: here's what I've done to protect the birdies. To protect the birdies, yeah. I initially had a cardboard box with a little hole for them to enter to get to the trap, but the birdies went in there, and I killed a couple of birdies, oh, and I felt geez. terrible. So oh. what I did was I got a five-gallon bucket, and I put the, uh, the trap in there with some bird seed on it, and uh, I pushed it down, and I left a little bird seed outside there so the rats would know there might be something under the bucket, and they went in there and got killed, and I oh, killed, good. like, six of the younger ones so far, Jeez. and I found two old ones dead in the summer on the lawn. I've always seen that, and I know I've cu- cut back a lot on the, um, the, the rats that are around now.
0: Well, and- I'm, I'm making a guess that the ones you're finding dead, because they can find water. They're pros. I'm I'm willing to bet somebody is baiting them. They're eating rat poison somewhere, and they're just—you're finding them dead in your garden, which I could never come—if that happened to me, it would be a disaster because I have two dogs that hang out there. Well, let's just go. Yeah,
4: using the rat poison for a while, and they got used to it, and they loved oh, yeah. it. They were eating it. So it doesn't work. You have to go to these new style rat traps and put them under a five gallon bucket well, with a little sprinkling of uh, bird seed next to the bucket. Hey, it And sounds... then they will go under there. That's the best thing. All right,
0: I'm not sure I understand exactly how it works, but uh, you got to. So how do they get under the bucket? They dig
4: under there. They're great. Oh, they dig burrowing.
0: under. Well, that could oh, be. Yes.
4: When I, I take my, I take my kitchen scraps and I take them to the uh, vegetable garden where there's no plant growing, and I dig a hole about a foot deep, put it there, and they dig down there to get those, uh, wow. that vegetable scraps. Well, so they go after, under the five-gallon bucket. They go under there. You leave a little bit of bird seed outside there. They'll go under. That way the, the regular birds won't get caught by the trap. All right. Having I, to got with.
0: I got it. I have to run, unfortunately. But, Mark, that's, uh, you're brilliant. You should uh, become an exterminator. Because no. you're a lot better at it than I am, I'll tell you that much right now. So that that's really a smart idea you got. I hope everybody caught that okay. And uh, so uh, keep, keep catching those rats, those little rascals. And I'm going to have to go to the store and see if I can find this new kind of rat trap you described. So I'll hunt for that. Thank you for your call, Mark. That was fascinating, to say the least. Oh, la, la. <laughs> okay, now, uh, just reminder here uh, that I am going to be at, uh, well, the main one is on October 20th. I'm going to be over there at uh, the Chihuly Garden and Glass, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope lots of you come. So my wife, Mary's off hiking in England. She should be back in just a few days. I'm so exhausted from walking dogs so much, I can't believe it. I tried to lure him into bed with me last night because I was freezing to death, but it didn't work. <laughs> hey, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to eat your Brussels sprouts. See you next week. Bye.